research studies show that um, farm fresh eggs are actually lower in cholesterol. Um, they have less saturated fat in them, and they have higher levels of those those vitamins, which are E, A, and D. And then they do have much higher levels of the omega-3 fatty acids and, and also the beta carotenes. Welcome to Food Friday here on the Hunt and Harvest Health Podcast, where we dish out food topics, recipes, and answer your questions related to food, food prep, and nutrition. Find our recipes and tips at Hunt Harvest Health. Welcome back. It is Food Friday yet again. This is Doc Hillary. Um, I'm sitting out on my porch tonight. I don't know. It's actually Wednesday night as I record this. And it is Garden Gratitude Wednesday. If you don't follow us on Instagram or Facebook, uh, mainly Instagram, we do what's called Garden Gratitude. And we hashtag Garden Gratitude or and or you can hashtag Hunt Harvest Health. And if you do that with your garden pictures, your food pictures, your harvest pictures, as hunting season gets going here in the fall, your um, hunting pictures, we will post those on Wednesday, share those on our story. So make sure to tag Hunt Harvest Health, and we want to see what you're doing out there in your garden. Um, tonight, we have a special guest. Ryan is Ryan is out doing another podcast with somebody else, so I'm at home doing our podcast, and I thought it would be fun to have a special guest on who has never been on the show, but she has done a ton of content for our website. If you haven't gone to our website at huntharvesthealth.com, you need to because she has contributed multiple recipes. She's contributed multiple stories and or blogs which are phenomenal. She's a great writer and uh, her and her partner, Joe, they contacted us. Oh gosh, little, little less than a year ago and said, we really love what you're doing and we want to help you guys. And they're a young millennial couple in their twenties really that live on a little farm and they're doing a lot of what we're doing just 20 years, uh, 20 years earlier. And so it's fun. Um, to have them as contributors on our website. Joe also writes great blogs and stories about his experiences hunting. Um, There's actually quite a few different types of stories on there that he's done, but they're great. So you need to check that out. Go to huntharvesthealth.com, check out our stories. And a lot of the recipes lately have actually been from Emily. (laughs) So I'm gonna let her introduce herself. She currently is in Pennsylvania. and I'm in Montana. So if the audio is a little rough, we apologize, but that's just how it goes when you're not sitting in front of each other podcasting. So Emily, welcome to your first time on the podcast. Thanks, Hillary. I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited that we seem to get everything under control and the audio seems better. (laughs) I've been looking forward to this conversation all day. Um, Like like you said, said um, we have been in contact and have known you and Ryan more personally for I guess it's going on a year now and it has been so much fun and we are so grateful to be part of something that honestly I think I speak for Joe and I both when I say that when we first heard the podcast and started searching around on the website we really never have felt like something had resonated so much with our life and our goals and the way that we tried to 
you know, go through our day to day with hunting and health. And it was just, you guys were really highlighting things that we felt that everyone needed to hear. So we're just so grateful to be a part of it. And I, and I can't believe that I'm here on the podcast talking about these things with you right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, to introduce myself, my name is Emily and we live in Pennsylvania. Um, we were just in Montana not too long ago for the Western Hunting Summit, which was absolutely incredible and surreal all at the same time. And it was so eye-opening being, um, you know, on the eastern part of the country and being more whitetail hunters, although, you know, Joe especially goes out west more than I, but that's kind of what we grew up around. And then having our eyes open to the Western hunting scheme has just been amazing. And we're looking forward to so much, especially after learning what we did at the summit. So yes, I'm from PA and my full-time job is um, I'm a medical speech language pathologist. But as you said, we live on a, a little farm here and we absolutely love it. We have a big pond behind our house. We're so fortunate. Basically every evening we have flocks of geese fly in and there's just so much life around constantly, which, which we love so much. And um, I grew up in a very rural setting. I was surrounded by hunting and fishing and gardening for my entire upbringing. Uh, both sides of my family were into it, but I would say that my love has most been fostered by my dad. Um, from as, for as long as I can remember, even before I was old enough to hunt, he had me around the animals that he would harvest, around the butchering process. So I, I truly saw the field to table aspect for forever and it was just so valuable so then when I got older I I just got out there myself and it, it's just kind of all been history from there so I was very fortunate to be raised all around that kind of thing and then now that I'm older and we're out here living it's just really coming full circle and um, my most recent endeavor and I would say one of my most favorite of all is I have raised chickens and now I have a little egg business where um, I sell my brown, green, and blue eggs that are laid by my pasture-raised chickens. And it, it's been so much fun. It has escalated so quickly. Um, whatever I, I told Joe probably about nine months ago that I wanted to get chickens. Of course, he was very supportive. And I was like, I'll just start with 10. That, that'll be all I'll ever need. Mm -hmm. And now I'm at, I'm at 24 and <laughs> kind of one of those things that's a little bit hard and, and overwhelming, like whenever you first get started, but then once you have the whole setup, you're like, well, what's, what's six more? What's, what's 12 more? And then it's just, you know, keeps going on from there. So anyways, um, I have our eggs for us. And then I also, every week I, I drive to a local farmer's market and I set up my stand and I have my eggs and I have pictures of my chickens there. And it's, it's been wonderful to meet so many people and to share not only the nutrition of my eggs, but also all of the information and the benefits that chicken and eggs can, can hold for people. So I would say that's, that's about it for me. It covers most of it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess the topic that we were going to talk about tonight for our Food Friday wasn't eggs, but it probably should be eggs. 
since you have an egg business and I've been knee deep in eggs for years, we could never seem to eat enough eggs around here. I've always thought it would be great to do the farmer's market to do what you're doing. And I, I mean, eggs are a really wonderful, nutritious, whole food. And I highly encourage people that if they don't have a food intolerance or allergy to egg, which you can, I mean, it's a common food allergen, but I believe too that those allergens are likely created from the poor egg um, culture that we've created in the U.S. And so the pasture raised full of omega eggs are likely very different. But um, is there anything you want to say about eggs since you might be the egg lady? The egg lady that needs some kind Um, you know, I mean, I feel like we could probably, at least in my case, podcast for hours on this topic. Um, I'm very much so a calculated person. So before I even began the process of getting chickens, I've researched more than you'd probably ever want to know about chickens, but it has been super beneficial for really many reasons. Um, had some really odd thing happen that you just don't foresee whenever you're like, Oh, I'll just get some chickens for eggs and this will be easy. And it is for the most part, but then I'm just very grateful that I did all that research. Um, but yeah, like you said, there are, there are a ton of benefits to the farm fresh versus the store bought eggs. Um, eggs are one of the healthiest foods that we can eat. They're packed with protein and vitamins and it's, it's kind of crazy because they're just this little tiny thing in a shell. And there is, there is that true difference there between the pasture raised and the store-bought. So nutritionally, and you just kind of touched on this, um, research studies show that um, farm fresh eggs, they're actually lower in cholesterol. Um, they have less saturated fat in them and they have higher levels of those, those vitamins, which are E, A, and D. And then they do have much higher levels of the omega-3 fatty acids and, and also the beta carotene. So that is just, that's amazing. All of those things are so key. And I know that you could speak to those better than I ever could, but that's, that's a definite difference. Um, and also the treatment of chickens. So commercial industry farms as, as being revealed more to the public lately, um, you know, those chickens are in small cages with poor living conditions for basically their entire lifetime. So my chickens, and I know you guys as chickens, they're out there, they're pecking around in the grass, they're healthy, they're just being chickens. And for that reason, you do see the benefits in their product and in the eggs. So um, you can be sure that if you're getting your eggs from a farmer or someone that has backyard chickens, your eggs are are going to um, be better and known that they're laid by healthier chickens. And in turn, that also decreases the chance of salmonella in the eggs, which in most cases for people say from ages like 15 to 60 are are pretty safe if you're exposed to any degree of, of salmonella, but it's those younger generations and the older generations that are more susceptible to contracting that. So you can be a little bit more rest assured if you're getting your eggs from, from a farm also. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I've, I've told people about so often at the farmer's market, because the general question is always how fresh are your eggs? How long do these eggs last for? And I always take eggs that are from that week only. So they're extremely fresh. 
And no, most people don't know this, but um, eggs that are sold at the grocery store, they usually take one to three days to get there to be sat on the shelf. And before that, they could be up to 30 days old, which doesn't necessarily make them bad or anything, but they're just not fresh at all, let alone all of the other things that they are lacking as compared to farm fresh eggs. So when I tell people that they're always so alarmed and they're like, well, like, what am I eating? And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the point. You don't know. They're, they're not bad or rotten, but there's a major difference. And that's not something that they tell you or anyone tells you unless you do your research or you talk to someone that raises chickens and knows the evidence behind it. So they're healthier, taste better, they're more safe. And I, I truly don't know why, and, and people will say this too, once you have a farm fresh egg, you look at store-bought eggs and you just wonder why on earth you would ever go back to eating those. Yeah, I, I, honestly, for a while, um, when we first moved here, I was buying eggs at the store and I was buying the like good, expensive, whatever, you know, organic pasture-raised eggs. And it's still totally different than having your own eggs. I really, I really think that, you know, for us, we've been so fortunate to have that. But the, the frustrating thing is, is um, even in areas that like people, you know, cities and stuff, there are ordinances where you could have chickens and you could grow your eggs. But it seems like in a lot of places, they're starting to not let people do that. Um, they're closing that down and, you know, they want everything to be, you know, um, kosher and don't have chickens around and eating that. And what I find is that chickens are great. They eat bugs. Um, they eat the bugs you don't want around. Uh, they kind of keep things cleaned up. Uh, you can feed your scraps. You know, there are certain things you can't feed to your chickens, uh, but you can feed them your scraps. So they're great composters. Ryan and I opened um, in Washington when we had that. We opened our garden every fall and winter to the chickens, and they just walked around in there and fertilized it. And there's a lot of different uses for the chickens and not just the eggs. And so I think that uh, if we're talking about, you know, um, healthy soil fertilization and, and other healthy plants, as well as just that great egg, um, I think chickens can be a great benefit. Yes, absolutely. And, and those ordinances to speak to that, they're, they're extremely frustrating for all of the reasons that you just said there. And um, the market that I do go to to sell my eggs is, is pretty purposeful on my end because it's, it's more in a, in, a, in a town, small city setting. And people are just, they're dying for farm fresh eggs. You know, they, they got them at some point. And they've tasted and have seen the difference, but they're just not readily available to them. So they, I've gone there to kind of take the supply to the demand and open the eyes of these people because where we live at is very rural. Most people have chickens or their neighbors have chickens. So there's not really a need for the eggs or truly a need for the education for the most part. So um, I've kind of branched out a bit. It's not super convenient, but I just pack my car up every Saturday and I make the trek and it is just, it's been so rewarding and so much fun to see people's eyes light up when they see my eggs and they're like, 
like what kind of of chicken and I've gotten some really alarming questions which kind of really have opened my eyes even more to the disconnect between us and our food um for example I had and, and I don't mean anything badly by this but it's just like wow you know I take this information for granted and people really just don't know because they're not exposed to it um I had a man come up to me and very, very nice. He was just asking about my farm and my chickens. And he's like, well, okay, are, are your chickens that, or I'm sorry, are your eggs that you have here today, are they from hens or are they from roosters? Like, are they hen or rooster eggs? Uh-huh. And at first I, I wasn't sure, like, if he was being honest or if he was just kind of confused. And I said, well, they're, they're hen eggs why do you ask? And he's like, well, there's some really big ones there and they're all really big, but I just assumed that the big ones were the rooster eggs and the smaller ones were the hen eggs. And I was like, well, no, the, the bigger, the larger eggs are from hens. They're a little bit older and, and really eggs, egg, eggs only come from hens. They none of these and you will never have a rooster egg. And it was it was just really sweet and he was just totally unaware but it was just that kind of stuff where and I've also had another person say to me um you know they they tried my farm fresh eggs and they were like I was asking them how they liked them and they were like oh they were delicious you know that's the first time I ever had a chicken egg and I was like what do you mean like do you eat other types of bird eggs like and they're like no I mean the eggs I get from the grocery store they're not chicken eggs like this is the first chicken egg that I've had and I'm like okay <laughs> I'm glad you liked it like those are still from chickens it's different but so anyways it, it's just been very <laughs> eye-opening and I've looked forward to meeting people and letting them know something that you know we take for granted seeing it happen in our backyard but it's not always general information to everyone. Yeah, I guess, you know, you could laugh at that and say, oh, that's so silly. You know, the guy that doesn't realize that roosters are males and males don't lay eggs. Uh, but again, you know, it goes to show that a lot of population, you know, they're just, they don't understand even the basics of kind of that natural process where, where we get our food. Wow, great story. Um, we have mm-hmm. on our website, we have a bunch of there's some egg recipes on there um, that I've made in the past, a garden frittata, elk frittata. We also have the a project that I kind of started um, about a year ago, and that was um, Two Minutes in a Nutshell. So if you go to our YouTube channel, uh, you'll see Two Minutes in a Nutshell all about chickens and eggs. And it was really one of the first kind of informational videos that I made. And it was super fun to put together. And it's a really just short snippet on some of the benefits, especially some of the nutrient benefits of chicken. So everybody can check that out. Okay, so the second subject, well, actually, it was the first subject we were going to talk about, but we got on to eggs, um, was zucchini and summer squash. It is fall almost, and the zucchini is crazy. We've only actually gotten one zucchini so far, if you can believe it. Usually in Washington, we are drowning in zucchini this time of year. But our little garden that could is um, slowly producing, and we do have one zucchini. But you've put some fabulous recipes on the website lately with zucchini in them. So I thought maybe what you could do is just tell, them, tell us the benefits of zucchini or maybe even summer squash in general. And then share um, one of your recipes 
um, that I like. Uh, maybe you're going to share the zucchini pizza recipe. Sure. I would love to do that. So cool. zucchini is one of our favorite, favorite vegetables, um, especially Joe. Whenever I was putting the garden together earlier this year, he was always, you know, asking me, okay, how many zucchini plants do we have? And then how many zucchini will that get us? And um, the one exciting thing about zucchini is it's, it's pretty easy to grow. It's, it's very low maintenance. Basically, once it's in the ground, it just takes off. And then you'll start to see these really pretty little yellow flowers start to bloom. And that lets you know that there's going to be a zucchini growing there. And typically, when they start, they don't stop at least around here with our climate. So we quickly started and have not stopped with the zucchini. Um, also, my parents have, a, have an absolutely beautiful garden and theirs is, is exploding more than I've ever seen it in my entire life. So we are also getting a lot of zucchini from them and it's, it's just really great. So we had an abundance of zucchini, which is a great problem to have. And as delicious as, you know, slicing it and chopping it up and throwing it in a pan with oil is or breading it and frying it up. We really like to do that in the air fryer. We could probably talk about an air fryer for a whole episode too. But anyway, oh, yeah. so as wonderful as, as those typical things are, yeah, as typical and, and as wonderful as those things are, um, when you have a ton of zucchini, you, you're looking, at least we are, for more you know, different and unique ways to utilize it. So um, to start with the benefits of zucchini before I jump into the recipe, so Zucchini is really rich in vitamins and minerals and plant compounds, which is wonderful. Um, a common misconception that people have, and this is something I've seen at the farmer's market as well, as people go up to the vegetable vendors and buy. So most people see a giant zucchini, like and we all know those three foot long zucchinis that are like six inches thick and your eyes just get wide whenever you look at them. Um, people go crazy over those. But actually, those that size of zucchini, when it gets to that point, it really loses a lot of its nutrients and a lot of its taste. So zucchini is best harvested whenever it's immature. And that is whenever it's about six to eight inches long, that's the most ideal time to harvest your zucchini. Um, well, you know, you know, you get out there and you see those one or a couple that got away and they're massive. It's not like the end of the world if you get a large zucchini. And actually, for this recipe that I'm going to talk about today, those bigger zucchini that you don't want to use to just chop up or eat as is are perfect for because in the recipe, we shred it up and we bake it. So in those cases, it's, it's really good to use it for that kind of thing. So anyways, zucchini um, and summer squash, you'll see a variation in color from yellow to dark green. The nutrients in them are about the same. Um, so zucchini is high in vitamin A and vitamin C, which means that it's, it's really great for vision and for the immune system, which is great. Um, it's also really high in antioxidants, which helps to protect against damage from free radicals, which I know, Hillary, you've talked about in, in other podcasts and maybe um, 
after this, you can get into that a little bit more. But um, the antioxidant levels are the highest in the skin. So if you can keep the skin on the zucchini, I know typically people don't peel the skin off. That's more of, of for cucumbers. But yeah, if you can leave the skin on, that's when you're going to get the most optimal antioxidants in your body. Um, also, zucchini, one of the highest levels and one of its, its biggest benefits, it has to do with digestion and fiber and benefiting gut health, which, um, you know, Hunt Harvest Health, Hillary and Ryan put together the gut restoration program. I, I know that you guys have talked extensively on gut health, and I know it's also a problem that a ton of people experience, especially secondary to diet and high intakes of processed food. So zucchini helps with gut health. And um, it helps to prevent inflammation in the gut. So that's great for everyone, but especially for people that have IBS and Crohn's disease, it can help to reduce that inflammation and actually, in some cases, reduce the symptoms that occur from that. Um, in addition, it helps to decrease blood sugar levels that for people that are diabetic. And this is also due to that fiber that has to do with the digestive tract. And in this way, basically, the way it works is it makes the insulin in the body more sensitive. So because insulin is more sensitive and it can better identify what is coming into the body, it helps to equalize blood sugar a little bit better. So it can help people that have diabetes as well, which um, it's not something that I knew, but I'd, I'd heard some things about it. And the more I looked into it, I was like, wow, that's, that's really, really neat. And, and a cool little fact that just it's amazing that a, that a vegetable is capable of doing something like altering insulin sensitivity. Um, and then here's my, my chicken spiel, which is another reason why zucchini is so close to my heart. Um, so chickens, um, let me just lead this off by saying that chickens are very susceptible to disease. They are poultry. You have to be very careful. I'm constantly looking over my flock, making sure there's no open wounds. Um, no one is acting a little bit funny because if you have one chicken that has something, it's going to spread very quickly and can potentially wipe out a flock like that. So zucchini acts as a natural dewormer for chickens. And like most things, prevention is better than treatment. So I'm, I'm very particular about giving my, my chickens at least a snack of zucchini like once a week. And it's wonderful during garden season because I can just toss it out there for them. But it's really, really important. And um, because my chickens are pasture raised and they're out there, they're bugging around, they're eating worms, they're eating slugs, they're eating whatever they can get their beaks on they have the potential to get one or all three types of worms that chickens can get. And those are roundworms, gapeworms, and tapeworms. So roundworms, um, they infect the digestive system of a chicken, which you can kind of see the parallels between how zucchini helps our digestive tract as well as a chicken's. So it pre prevents against the roundworms which infect the digestive tract. Um, they also help prevent gape worms, which might not be a type that anyone has heard of, but gape worms are, are really scary and they affect the trachea or the windpipe of the chickens. And the, you, they can get these very easily because they're contracted from worms, slugs, or snails, which you can imagine how often they're probably coming across those things in the soil. And um, the way that you know that a chicken has gape worms is you'll see their heads thrown back and their beaks pointing up towards the sky like they're gasping for air. 
because it's the windpipe that's being attacked. It's really scary. Um, and then the last kind is tapeworms, which most people have heard of. And this is less common in chickens, but they can still contract it. And um, this affects the lining of the intestine. So, so like we talked with the digestion, gut health, GI tract, same way in preventing against tapeworms. It also can um, prevent against those as well so that you don't have to pursue treatment. You don't have to deal with anything spreading very quickly. And, and for that reason, even whenever I'm cutting it up, I always nip the ends off and those always go into my scrap bucket and go out to the chickens to pick at. Now that you have like a total earful of amazing content, everybody, Emily's now going to share one of her recent recipes that she put on our website. There's a few different zucchini websites on, um, uh, recipes on there. So go check those out. But Emily, why don't you share with us uh, your zucchini pizza? Sure. So this recipe was actually recommended to me by my mom. And um, I, I changed some things about it. I didn't like some things. I added some things. I also like to work with what we have. So this is what I have come up with through trial and error, what I think is the best version of this recipe for everyone. So like I said, this recipe, because you're baking the zucchini, it's great for if you have large zucchini that might not taste so great, just cut up or sliced up. And that's actually exactly what I've used every time that I've made this. So um, you need four to five cups of zucchini that's shredded up for this recipe. And I will add that if you use a really large zucchini, it's really important that you remove the seeds before you shred it up so that they don't get into your, your pizza because they are what tastes bad whenever zucchini gets big. It's not so much the actual like zucchini itself. It's the seeds that have a more sour, stale taste. So what you do is, and what I did, was you nip the ends off of your zucchini and you slice it long ways. And then you open it up and I took a spoon and you can just kind of scrape the seeds out like you would if you're cleaning out a pumpkin or a spaghetti squash or something like that. And you just kind of scoop the seeds out in the little um, slimy pieces and you can, I put them in my, my scrap bucket for my chickens, but you can just toss them if you don't have chickens. But um, so anyways, you, after you clean it out or if you have small zucchini, you, don't, you can bypass that step. But then I, I took a grater. And I just shredded the zucchini up. And um, as my area fills up with zucchini, I usually have a strainer sitting in my sink. So I just take the zucchini over and put it in the strainer so that the moisture can drip out of the bottom of it. And um, on this note, I've done it a couple of ways. Sometimes I'll shred it up and I'll just let it sit there. And then whenever I'm done shredding all that I need, I just put it in the bowl and mix it up and, and bake it right like that. But most recently when I did it, I, uh, I shredded it up and I let it sit in the strainer overnight. So a lot more moisture dripped out. It got a little bit more dry. And I probably prefer it to be a little bit more dry, letting it sit out overnight. But it, it really is just a preference thing. I think that the moisture is delicious and it, it adds like a different level of texture to the recipe. But the dried version of it, it, it turns out to be more of like a crust, I guess. So um, you can just try or based off of what I just said, if, if one sounds better to you, then you can go that route. So anyways, um, after you have shredded up the zucchini, you add that in a mixing bowl with 
two eggs, half a cup of Parmesan cheese, half a cup of breadcrumbs, and one onion that's been chopped up, two tablespoons of garlic powder, one teaspoon of salt, and one teaspoon of pepper. And you just thoroughly mix that all up until it looks good to you. You grab a nine by 13 baking dish or, or pan and you grease it. And then you dump the context, the contents of that zucchini mixture in there and spread it out evenly. After that, you stick it in the oven and you bake it at 400 degrees for 30 minutes. And then while that's baking up, um, you, you make your, your pizza sauce. So you get another bowl. And what you need for this part is six cups of crushed tomatoes. So of course, it's going to be most delicious if you use your, your garden tomatoes. Then you chop them up yourselves into small pieces. Um, but if you don't have access to something like that, um, and you want a, a more quicker way of doing it too, you can use the canned crushed tomatoes from the grocery store. The plain ones are fine. The ones that have the oregano and thyme and basil mixture, they're all great. Whatever you prefer will work as long as you have six cups of it. And then you need one tablespoon of basil, one tablespoon of cilantro, and one tablespoon of garlic powder. Mix that all up there. Then once your 30-minute timer goes off, you take the quote-unquote crust out, that the zucchini mixture that you just baked. It's, it's almost like a quiche texture, I guess you could compare it to. As long as it's a little bit browned on the top, it's, it's perfectly done. So you take it out and you dump that sauce mixture that you made on top. You spread it out really evenly there. And then you add the cheese, like the pizza cheese. So I use a cup of shredded cheese. You can use more or less depending on how much you like cheese. And then this last part is the fun part. You can top it with whatever you like on your pizza, whatever you have available, whatever your heart desires, you can throw it on top. Um, that usually when I make it, we, we like to have some form of, of pepperoni or meat on top of it. So I've made it with venison pepperoni. I've made it with elk pepperoni. You could even put ground meat on top, put fish on top. Um, I've thrown peppers and onions and I think I even thrown more tomatoes on top of it in the form of slices. So whatever you want to add on top, put it on there and then you pop it back in the oven for five minutes. You let the cheese melt, let all the toppings kind of brown up and get really pretty and delicious looking on top of there. After five minutes, you take it out and you cut it up into squares and you eat it. And we use Parmesan cheese on top. We really like cheese. So um, I usually top it with a little bit more to finish it off. But that's about it. It's really quick. It's, it's really easy. And it's really, really delicious. And as much as we all love pizza, it's a really, really nice substitute, healthy substitute for the delicious meal that pizza is. And I think it's a lot lighter. It's a lot better. And I think it's a lot more filling. And afterwards, you don't feel so stuffed. Yeah, it's a great recipe. It's it's really good. And I do like um I like it too because yeah, it has that lighter uh, the lighter feeling when you eat it. It's not all the dough and the bread and <clears throat> obviously we want to get as much fiber and vegetables as we can in and so um this this pseudo pizza recipe is really cool and I think it's also a good way like if kids don't want to eat squash or eat zucchini, it's a good way to help your children. Uh, possibly get introduced to that and eat it. Um, 
my kids have a hard time with zucchini. My older daughter doesn't really like it, but whenever I add it into foods or it's kind of, you know, it's different. It allows for these other flavors and stuff. Um, she will eat it. So something to think about too, when you have children. So, well, Emily, this has been awesome. Um, we're so excited to have you on the podcast finally, and we will definitely have you on future podcasts. What's your Instagram handle? So folks can follow you and. Yeah. Um, our Instagram handle, it's, it's a Instagram for Joe and I, I run it, but it's, it's for both of us to share our life and what we do and things like that. And you can follow us. Our handle is at Joe and Emily. And, uh, my name is spelled E M I L I E. So it's J O E A N D E M I L I E. Yeah. And I love your Instagram. I love what you're doing. You're great with your stories and your chickens and and um the eggs and all that stuff so make sure to go follow them not only that emily is like a very accomplished hunter she is a sportswoman no doubt and so is joe um and so and we just love them they're awesome they're like our children they're like the children that we should have had 22 (laughs) years ago but we never did so um it was fun to have you guys come out too for the hunting summit Stay with us. It's kind of the new generation of outdoorsmen and people that care about their food. So that's why we love. That's why we love you guys. And sure, thank you so much for having me. This was this was so much fun and so great to talk about this and to share some things that I hope is valuable information to listeners. And yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity. And I look forward to being on here again for sure. For sure. All right, everybody, have a great weekend.